Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of our Artist Podcast. We have an amazing guest for you today, Rick Lax. Not only are you a lawyer, magician, writer, producer, and so much more, you co-created Wizard Wars, you've written three books, you're an official Theory 11 artist with numerous effects produced with us and out on the wire. Your impressive list of accomplishments and accolades continues, and you can read more about Rick Lax at ricklax.com. But for right now, let's jump into our podcast and welcome Rick. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We are jumping right in. Here we we are. We're doing this. And you're on a walk. I just want everyone to know that to get the creative juices flowing, Rick goes for walks while he does podcasts. That's right. We are going to be walking in the Howard Hughes uh, Center, and we're going to be looking at all the bankers at work, and they're going to be wondering who the hell is this guy who can just walk around and talk on his phone, and why isn't he at work, and who the hell is he? I love it. They're just going to be so jealous of you. Yeah, they hate it already. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so first up, the first question I have for you is kind of an obvious question. What motivated you to pursue a less traditional occupation, magic, over over law school and over being a lawyer? Well, I've been doing magic uh, since I was five years old. And also, I've probably been lawyering since then, just because my dad is a lawyer mm-hmm. and uh, my uncle's a lawyer. Three of my first cousins are lawyers. So there was always lawyer in the blood. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out of uh, school, I was resisting going to law school just because I didn't want to follow in my dad's footsteps. I think for a a lot of people, you just want to distance yourself from your parents, become your own person. And then I realized maybe the law could be fun. It could be a good fit and you should not do it just because you're trying to be your own, like, person that's not a good enough reason not to do something you want to do so I really liked law school and that was good and I was planning on practicing law but then you know the story one thing leads to another and then you find yourself uh, driving to Las Vegas to write a book about deception and then falling into a job at a paper and then falling into a job creating magic and consulting for David Copperfield and starting a TV show and it's just that old story where yeah the uh, usual yeah yeah the usual the usual uh, so so there was never like one decision like I'm not going to do this I'm going to do this instead it was just one thing leading to another interesting wow yeah I, I like that you you uh, just decided to do it and then not do it and then do it and it was great that's that's a wonderful thing and i could go back i could be practicing law at any time but it's by the time we put this podcast up yeah who knows maybe i'll have a a shingle hung up by the time uh uh the podcast goes now see this is what makes this thank you sir this is what makes it so exciting i'm now walking by a moving truck and you get to hear the beeping this is like real world npr stuff there is life experiencing life in las vegas (laughs) and it's got an indiana plate that doesn't even make sense Going jogging, and uh, <laughs> we are living the world. Oh my goodness! This is such, this is the most exciting podcast we've had. It's like oh, I yeah, feel like I we're to... it's an episode of Cops slash a podcast yeah. about magic. Yeah, yeah, and you feel like you're really here with me uh, <laughs> uh, as we do it. So yeah, Perfect. I never de- I never really decided not to do it or to do something. It's just one thing leading to another. Mm-hmm. So now that you have that background in law, do you find that it helps you in magic, whether it's performing or the business side of magic? But in what way do you find, if at all, that it helps or hinders? No, the only way it helps is it makes stuff like podcasts interesting when you give an introduction to me and you're like, he's a lawyer. <laughs> uh, that's about the extent of how much it helps. So, uh, you know, balance that 
against three years of my time. Nice. Uh, maybe not the best decision. But again, if, if I do go back to law, then it will be worth it. That's really the only reason to do law school, I think, if you want to practice law. It's not going to help you out in your day-to-day life too much. And honestly, when I get a, uh, a contract for something, it's mm-hmm. an important thing. I get a lawyer myself. I, I do go through it, of course. But if it's a big enough deal, I'm like everyone else. I get a lawyer. And so do most lawyers. We, we just get other lawyers for our own dealings. That's like, does the postman have a postman? That's right. Oh, my he? gosh. Mind blown. We'll, ne- we'll never know. We'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> so you're a really prolific... Sorry? Oh, I was going to make a bad joke, so I was really happy oh, that you cut it. me off. No, please I'm, do I'm it. like, that works out well. No, no, no. The moment's passed, and I forgot what it was. Oh, no. I just remember feeling as you started to talk again. I'm like, this is good. Kristen's going on. Uh, good. Bad But Kristen. now it's, it's totally backfired because you're asking me to repeat <laughs> it, and I have no idea what the hell I said. Okay. Well, we'll move on, but I hope you hope it comes back to your mind, and we can go through that bad joke. I love, I love bad jokes. I'm a huge fan. Um, so you're a really prolific creator uh, oh, you're, you're of Oh, you're really building it. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go on about how prolific <laughs> I am. That's more fun. Here we go. What inspires your particular creative process, and where does you where do you find inspiration uh, from, usually for creating your effects or performing your effects or what have you? I don't think there's some outside uh, inspiration for me. There's nothing that makes me want to come up with magic tricks. It's just what my brain has been doing for the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but do it. I'll see something and I'll think, oh, man, that has this magic application because it's got this thing that kind of functions like a trap door. Or there'll be a premise for a trick where it just gets in my brain and I just have to come up with a way to do it. So there's no external motivation. It just sort of happens. And I think that's the case for a couple of good creators and for good artists. Mm-hmm. There's a, a playwright, David Mamet, and he says, people write plays for the worst reasons, and it always leads to a bad play. So you might mean well, you might want to look artistic, you might want to spread a message with the world, maybe you have a civil rights message, a message of peace, and so you want to write a play to move people, to touch people. And he says, all of these things are terrible reasons to write plays, and your play is going to suck. The only reason to write a play is if you have to, if you cannot go to sleep and live your life without getting this thing out from inside of you, that's what leads to good plays and to good art. Same with painters, same with musicians. You just have something inside of you that you need to get out. And, uh, repeat that last little bit. We lost you for a second. Was that the dreaded, the dreaded loss of reception zone that we talked about? No, we had actually gotten through that just just fine. Oh, uh, man. But I, I'm trying to say I, I kind of create magic just because I have to. That's where my brain's at. Mm-hmm. I don't have a conscious choice in the matter. I just see magic everywhere and methods everywhere, and I can't help but put the two together. That's interesting. So you find it's it's much more of a need to get something out of your head than an actual just for lack of a better term, fit of inspiration that you decide to act on. You, you feel like it's a true thing that you need to do or you can't sleep at night. Yeah. That's need so is a good word. Uh, needs a good word. Just got to do it. Got to get it out. And also I realized there might come a day, any day I might wake up, where this need will be gone, at which point I will become one of those uh, people who just releases tricks 
for the sake of it or for the paycheck, and then my magic will start to suck. And hopefully when that happens, someone else will tip me off before I go on down that path too long. Because that's always sad when there's someone who used to put out great tricks and now they put out crappy tricks for the wrong reason. And uh, hopefully if that ever happens with me, Flom or someone will let me know. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone will let you know. I don't, I don't think it'll ever happen, though. I mean, you're you're very you're very intelligent about the stuff that you put out, so I don't think that'll ever be an issue for yeah, you. Yeah, but but I think we could say the same thing about these people when they were younger and putting out good stuff. They never would have imagined that they'd be putting out crap. Then one day happens, and they just do. So I'd like to think that that won't happen, or that when it does happen, I'll have the wisdom to be like, "All right, stop putting out magic." Right. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but at least you're aware that that is a potential possibility for the future, and you are aware that you need to be you know can, you're creating for the need of it and not just for the the money side of things. So that's good. Yes, aware <laughs> that 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 exists that there yeah. are people who just create uh, for money or for attention, and that inevitably will lead to bad magic. So you've been posting a lot of. Um, daily magic videos on your Facebook and, and YouTube channels. Um, what, what's the incentive behind releasing daily content? Have you found that it helps you? And a kind of a follow-up to that, have you found that using Facebook versus YouTube or YouTube versus Facebook ends up being a better medium for you? Uh, to answer the first question, have I found that it helps me? No, not really, because I'm not a performing magician. Mm -hmm. I don't have something like uh, Justin Flum, where you might see a video from his, and then be like, oh, this guy's great. I want to hire him for a gig. You can do that with Justin, because he has a show and he performs. Mm -hmm. I don't have a show and I don't perform. So you can see my video, and then there's no real follow-up. It's just, all right, I saw his video. Uh, so it hasn't helped me, but I also never didn't, uh, do it because I expected it would help me. I did it, um, out of, partially out of frustration, uh, because I see other people trying to, to do online videos and failing in different ways, and partly because I've helped other people, uh, out do, do videos that have done, uh, very well, and, people have uh, started to question whether it was my guidance or my tips that helped them do well with these videos or whether they were just really good and I latched onto them and I said, okay, I'm going to uh, do it myself. Let's see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And then within three months of starting my entertainer page on Facebook, I have 115 million video views. Uh, so I think I have proven, no, I, I am able to to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Now to answer about uh, Facebook versus YouTube, for me, my YouTube is absolutely nothing to speak of. I started a channel a while ago. It was only intended for magicians, not for the general public. And it was just to document ideas as I had them, because we both know that theft is rampant in the magic community. Uh, I can't stop it. But what I can do when I come up with an idea is at least uh, kind of mark the time by mm -hmm. putting up a video saying, I've come up with this on this time. So when someone else comes up with a trick, uh, if they've used an idea that I've shown them in person, I at least have a video I can point to, and I can say, that's a little moped going by. I can at least <laughs> point to it and say, no, I had this idea at this time. And that was the reason for the YouTube channel. Uh, but man, Facebook has just been dominating for the past year or so 
about six or seven months ago, they took over as the uh, primary video sharing uh, platform. More people are watching videos on Facebook every day than YouTube. Uh, the numbers are continuing to tip in Facebook's favor. And uh, I just saw those numbers and I said, okay, maybe now is the time to try something for the general public. And it's worked really well. Mm, mm, absolutely. So you've had some videos reach over 10 million views on Facebook. What tips would you have for magicians who are putting out their own videos on Facebook who want more views like that on their own um, magic videos? Yeah, so I've actually had a couple get to, uh, to 30 million, uh, more, than, more than one. So mm. uh, now 10 million. Oh, that's, that's peanuts. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it, it, advice for magicians, at least with Facebook, there's some different things. You have to capture people's attention in the first couple seconds. Uh, oftentimes, uh, a low budget is bigger than a higher budget. People, when they go to sharing videos, they're not always wanting to share videos from the biggest celebrities. They want to find and discover something and share something with their friends. It's a, a little discovery of theirs, so they win cool points with their friends by their friends say, oh, this person finds a fun content, and, and I'm going to like that. So I'd say don't worry as much about uh, production value. Try to be interesting in the first couple seconds, and then add a call to action at the end. Let people know why they should be liking or sharing your material. Interesting, interesting. Now to go back to... You mentioned theft. Have you what what experience have you had with that? How have how have you combated that whole experience within the magic community? Um, I've had a, a couple things. Uh, there was one three months ago where someone uh, put out a trick that used a method that I came up with two years ago, and I put it on my YouTube channel. And honestly, the only thing I did about it was I wrote. Uh, and now I'm telling you about it, but I, I won't get, get into the specifics uh, as to who it was and who it was. But I wrote a message to uh, a jar at Penguin Magic, and I said, hey, just so you know, this thing uh, is this which I put out on my uh, YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Now, why did I only do this? Why am I not telling you who this person is, what the idea is, why aren't I going on the social media and making a, a giant deal about it? Because I see these other creators, they just spend all of their time complaining about theft, and they use up all their social media resources. And I think if you're spending your time in magic complaining about theft, looking at new things, and just saying, oh, this isn't new, this is just this old thing, but you're doing this uh, differently, which is all people do on the, the Magic Cafe. If, if you're just criticizing others and trying to find instances of theft, that is time that you're spending not creating. Mm -hmm. So when stuff of mine gets stolen, it used to bother me more, but now I just say, that's fine, I'm on to the next thing. Interesting. And then you also have your YouTube posts as a kind of a marker. Oh, yeah, I have the marker, so for anyone, you know, who really cares or wants to know, I I have the proof of it. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So also from your Facebook post, I, apparently I stalk you on Facebook, as evident in this podcast. Yeah. I do. As it, as, it, as it turns out, you're not the only one. I have a feeling some people listening to this uh, might also. So uh, Awesome. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm going to be the president of the Rick Lacks fan club, and we're going to start uh, that. You're you're going to have to fight some 14-year-olds uh, in a second, uh, third world country. I will fight you all. That. I'll fight everyone. Yeah, you <laughs> go for it. I'm sure they would love fighting you. <laughs>
So as evident on your Facebook, you read a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot, a lot. It looks like you read like a, at least a book a week, probably much more than that. Um, what, yeah. what have let, you let me, b before, before you even okay. get to the question, I have to admit, I used to be so good at reading. I was at two or three books a week. I mm -hmm. kept that up for years. I reviewed books for the newspaper. Mm -hmm. I would fly through them. I'm a speed reader. And now I feel like a complete idiot. I'm down to like one book every two weeks and I just feel as dumb as can be. Well, that, well, uh, we're not going to judge you on that. There's no judgment here. One book every two yeah. weeks is, it's great. It's great. You read a lot and you have a vast knowledge of a ton, like a huge library just like stuffed in your brain, which is amazing. So within that, what have you read recently or let's say within the last year that's been particularly interesting to you that you would recommend to others or some of your favorite books that you've read that you found particularly inspirational or useful, uh, non-magic and magic alike? Well, uh, right now I'm reading a book about the history of North Korea, which is uh, really interesting. I always knew it sucked over there, but oh man, <laughs> until you really read about the details, you can't imagine just how much it sucked oh uh, over there. So anytime I'm having a bad day, I just pick up my North Korea book and I'm like, well, not in North Korea. Uh, and I, I just feel bad for so many of the people who are, are living in North Korea. Not for the, the party officials. Life, life uh, seems pretty good for them. Mm. But, oh, gosh, tough times. Now, last week I finished a book called The Truth, which is uh, a book by Neil Strauss, who wrote the book The Game, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. That book is so much fun, and it does tie into magic, the game, uh, it, it focuses on this guy, Mystery, the pickup artist, and he, when he was a kid, he wanted to be a magician, badly. He had a show, he, uh, he dreamed about being a Vegas magician when he moved out here in the book. It says he hung out with uh, David Copperfield, and a lot of the pickup artists do use magic uh, to pick up women. So anyways, Neil Strauss, the guy who wrote the book, he wasn't the pickup artist, he was the author who hung out with the community. Uh, he has been in a relationship for a long time now, and he just wrote a book called The Truth, which is kind of the sequel to the game. It is about the, uh, the challenges of being in a long-term relationship. And, oh man, it, is, uh, it was a great book. It is an intense read, and it was fun. You don't do very much light reading, do you? Just pick the most intense topics you can find. <laughs> You know, I thought this one was going to be light because the game was pretty light, but we got into some serious stuff. Uh, no, I do, I do lots of light reading. I guess those things aren't representative. I do like uh, celebrity bio books and humor books. And, uh, oh, for instance, I, uh, b before that, I read Holly Madison's book. That was on the lighter side. Also ties into magic. Man, everything ties into magic because she uh, dated uh, Chris Angel. And on the plus side, I would say within this book that Holly wrote, compared to Hugh Hefner, Chris Angel came out looking like an angel. Now, again... <laughs> He, he came out, he did come off as an overprotective asshole douchebag, but compared to Hugh Hefner, uh, as Holly Madison writes, man, he was a charmer. Well, uh, in, in, short, right. <laughs> in, in short, she was really hard on Chris Angel, and it sounds like uh, he, uh, yeah, he does not have the smoothest moves, uh, but, but better than, uh, better still, than Hugh Hefner. Still intense reading, I think. Now, in terms <laughs> of... <laughs> 
<laughs> in terms of it magic, was, was do, you, do you have any like, mm -hmm. like magical things that you've read recently? Books, uh, lecture notes, anything that you, that's kind of come across your path recently that you've been like, oh wow, that's really cool, that's really nifty, or something that you've brought back from your past that you've reread that has helped you? Um, yeah, there. The thing that's come back from my past recently is I was uh, I was working on a trick and a card trick, and I knew I needed this false count. And I forgot uh, what it, what, nope, I'm going to completely shift gears and tell a different story. Okay. So two weeks ago, <laughs> I played the Magic Castle. And when I was, and this is my first time doing a performing gig, a paying gig, since I was 17, right? I'm not, I'm not a performer, but I did it. And then uh, Doc Eason was downstairs at the bar. Now, when I was younger, I went through his three-volume L&L publishing uh, VHS collection. VHS mm -hmm. is... They're like uh, digital downloads, yeah. but they're in a giant, <laughs> giant block, and you and you have to. It's a videotape. This weird thing <laughs> from the past. Uh, and I remember one of the tricks he taught on there was a very nice color-changing deck routine. He had all sorts of great subtleties. And there I was watching him in the bar, and I'm seeing him do a card trick for about sixty seconds. And it was the color-changing deck, and he fooled me, and I didn't see it coming, even though I know his whole routine, because I learned it. But still, when he was right there in front of my face doing it, he was just so funny, and he was misdirecting me, and in the moment that I didn't even realize he was doing the color-changing deck until all the cards changed colors. That's awesome. That's, yeah. a, that's a great so, story. It was a good change. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> he's, he's still got it. It was, it was a good change. And before I was about to say nice things about... Uh, the, the thing I go back to a lot, which is the Michael Amar easy to master uh, uh, yes. card mirror kills uh, tapes, where I had to go back to those to learn account. And sure enough, man, that's just as good as magic instruction gets. I saw him do a lecture um, at Brookledge one year, and it was all on toppets. Yeah. And I swear that dude could top it a six foot four basketball player. Oh, for sure. Just no for problem sure. at all. It was, it was, so, I was probably about 15 when I saw it. It was amazing. So, my, yeah, my little anecdote. Is, <laughs> no, he, he is the king of the, the topic. And <laughs> I, uh, when he lectured for Penguin, I, uh, I went back through some old footage of him and I saw him on Johnny Carson mm -hmm. do this move where he bounced a ball and then vanished it into his topic. Yeah. And it, I just had to watch it like two or three times to see the exact moment. Because it, it happens on this offbeat that is just so Perfect. beautifully yeah. choreographed. Yeah. yeah. The, I love the choreography of, of magic and what's possible just with the body. Close-up magic. Usually when we think of choreography and magic, we think of David Copperfield and Joni Spina doing big dance stuff. But mm -hmm. just the choreography of what's possible by shifting your body and with your hands, it's, it's this great... Um, Great subject. I think my favorite choreographed close-up trick is called Pitch and Ditch by uh, Gregory Wilson. It's a technique for just changing one small object to another, but he's just using the body in a way that hasn't been done before. Uh, and also, yeah, MR, MR's topping. Great choreography. Yes, absolutely. So now to shift gears a little bit. Uh, so you co-created Wizard Wars along with Justin Flom, and that was such a fun experience. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like creating, selling, producing, and everything for that show? And what did you learn? Is there any advice that you have for people out there who have their own show ideas that they want to get off the ground? 
the formula that worked for us is we made uh, a pilot ourselves. We did it in my apartment. We put it up on YouTube back when YouTube was a thing. And then <laughs> everyone uh, came to us. So we had a very charmed experience with, with Hollywood where a series of people just told us yeses. That's not usually how it works. Mm. Uh, so uh, for, for a lot of people, though, the path is different. You go and you... Uh, there's a magician I know who has been pitching shows, it seems like, every week for the past decade. And as recently as yesterday, I heard something hitting for him. So there's different paths uh, to success. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it's about skill. I don't know if it's who you know. I don't know if it's a time or place thing. But I, I feel like we got lucky on the one hand, uh, but also we were able to uh, deliver and we made good TV and, uh, you know, I'm happy that we all got to be a part of it. And you saw the feedback uh, from people, the fans, they mm -hmm. we really had a lot of fans and our numbers were very uh, good. So I'm, I'm proud of all, all the work we did uh, together on Wizard Wars. Absolutely. It was a, a wonderful success, at least in my opinion. I felt like it was a we had, we had a solid run, for sure. And we ended oh, up on yeah. a super oh, high yeah. note, which is the, the best you could possibly ask for, I think. Oh, yeah, it's great. And someday, uh, I haven't done this yet, but maybe we'll have a viewing party or maybe we'll all do it individually. Years down the road, we'll go to iTunes, we'll get all the episodes and just watch through them. And when we do this, I think we're going to find that we put a lot of great magic on TV. There are so many magic tricks every episode and there's so much insight and constructive criticism we did a lot within those uh episodes oh absolutely there was not only so much magic there was so much innovation that went into it and so many people were on that show is crazy i felt like it was a mini magic convention yeah and it's it's always nice when you go to real magic conventions to see the little wizard wars reunions and people talking about yeah. uh their experiences and telling their war stories because, uh, as it turns out, it was uh, pretty intense for a lot of people. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I only got to see one side of it, and I know that that was a, a very different side than everyone else gets to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now to kind of wrap this all up, what are you working on now, and what do you have on the horizon? What does 2016 bring for Rick Lax? Uh, well, on the magic creation front, I'm continuing uh, to create magic for uh, Penguin Magic. And I love working for Penguin, and I love that I can maintain my relationship with Theory 11 because of it. Because we, we get to carry so many Theory 11 tricks. So when Theory 11 puts out a good trick, all of us at Penguin are really excited. Because we know that's going to be good both for Theory 11 and for, for us. Just because we're both, we create our own stuff there, but also, you know, we're, we're a retailer and we, we sell other stuff from like Theory 11. So I, it was a, a great move where I've been able to stay friends with JB and continue to work with him. Uh, JB, if this is your first podcast, he's the one who runs uh, Theory 11 and we all love JB. Uh, so I, I, the, the plan is to continue creating for Penguin. I've already got, you know, six or seven tricks in the pipeline that are at different stages on the TV front. There's uh, another project that I'm uh, working on. I'm always reluctant to give details Absolutely. about it because you never know 
what's going to actually make it to TV. Mm-hmm. And we have so many friends on social media where they'll just post like, I'm on set, I'm on production in a new thing. This is great. I just did this meeting with so-and-so and nothing happens. Yeah. And then that person just feels like a jerk. So I, who knows whether anything will happen, but yeah, Justin Flom and I, we're, we're always working on the, the next thing. And it seems like we have something that might come to fruition, but we'll see. Uh, and then what else on the magic front? Or on uh, the magic front? What's going on in the personal uh, life of Rick Lax? Oh, uh, let's see. Personal life. <laughs> I've been dating a girl for almost two years now. She's great. Uh, she's in some of your magic videos. Some... So if anyone has, has yeah. checked out your YouTube and your Facebook, you can see Ellie in a lot of your videos and it's awesome. Yeah. She's been doing, uh, really good stuff and, uh, and that's been fun. Uh, just today, her uh, her singing group was over. They're called the the Sound Collage, and uh, they were just singing in the hallway. And man, they're good sounding. Uh, and let's see, what else? I'm 33. I'm about to turn 34. Uh, <laughs> we're I don't getting, know. We're really getting into it. Yeah, any suggestions for the next year for me? I'm open <laughs> if you have any good ideas. Well, what's going on in Vegas and Magic right now? For for you or for anyone that you know, anything exciting kind of coming up that could be fun for yeah, people? Yeah, I, I feel like everything exciting is going on here. I'm talking with some people who are going to be opening a new show uh, in a couple of months. Uh, David Copperfield is always putting new great stuff uh, in his show still every week there's there's something new going in and if it's not a new trick it's a it's a new piece mm-hmm. of of an old trick so it's always fun to to see that uh mm-hmm. evolve every week i'm going to jeff mcbride or every month going to jeff mcbride's wonderground event I've which is to get out in there Vegas. For that. i've heard nothing yeah. but amazing things yeah, some some months it is really fun, and you get to see acts that you won't see anywhere else. So whenever I'm in town, uh, I always go to Jeff McBride's Wonderground. But the you know the main thing I'm doing during most days, I'm either by myself creating magic or filming magic at the coffee shop, or I'm getting together with uh, Justin Flom and Bizarro and our friends uh, Ryan and Amber and John Shaw. Uh, and we're just jamming together on new magic. And maybe we're, uh, two weeks ago, I was creating magic with Bizarro for a European TV show that's going in its second season, or maybe we're creating stuff for Justin or for someone else. And uh, I, I feel like we've just formed a little Vegas group. And I know we're not a cool group. We're not as cool as the L.A. kids. What? But we've, no. we've we've kind of no, it's true. We know we're not, but that's fine. But we at least we've got our group now, and we're we're kind of functioning, and that's that's fun to have a posse, even if it's not the cool kids. Do you find that it helps you create magic and you kind of be creative when you're in a group of other magicians, or do you think that you work better and you get more ideas down when you're by yourself? Uh, well, whenever I'm by myself, if I have an idea. Like, if, by the time you see a trick release from me, if it's uh-huh. really good, I get half credit for that because I will have, by the time it's released, uh, I will have gone through Justin and Bizarro and Ryan and Amber and John, and uh, it, it will be tested and improved through all these levels. So I, I, I'm not creating in a vacuum. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have people uh, who help me out with everything. And, and that's what's nice. We have this mutual thing where Justin, if he's putting up 
a video, like his awesome uh, demon video, mm -hmm. uh, he gets to go through us too. So I helped him out with the, the script. And then you see Shocker and Greg helping him with the last scene. And maybe if Shocker is filming a promo video, then Justin will help out. So we're all making each other uh, better. Uh, gosh, does that mean that I create better with the group? No, because I, I do like being by myself. Uh, I don't we're challenging know. what you what you what you believe right now. We're, we're yeah. Really getting oh, into it. Am I am I a communist? Am I a secret <laughs> communist? Do I have to vote for Bernie Sanders? I What's think, happening? I think what I, it is is that the magic community is very supportive, and that we all want to yeah. see each other succeed. And creativity sometimes you you just need that other person around who is the for lack of a better term ying to your yang that pushes you to a new creative place yeah let's go with that let's okay, go with not that. for sanders anymore okay good. <laughs> yeah i think we can just keep this within magic <laughs> okay good no i want to talk about politics and religion that's that's what we really yeah, came here to exactly. talk about exactly no, north korea no, and magic. politics You're winding things up that was it yeah, yeah, yeah oh my gosh not 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 light topics for you today no, we're going to talk about North Korea and Bernie Sanders. That's, that's what the people listening really want to hear about. Kristen, I think I know what people want to hear about on this podcast. And you're right, you're right. You're absolutely the, right. And it's Kim Jong-un and wealth redistribution. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to send you flowers, okay? You just, yeah. you, you need a break. Yeah, I'll take a break. Okay, okay, well, thank you so much for your insights and taking the time to speak with me today. And I hope you enjoyed your walk. It was uh, an eclectic soundtrack to this podcast. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a great rock. There's, uh, there's someone looking at me right now, and thank you for having me. Thank, thank you so much. Everyone, you can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Lacks and check out his YouTube channel, Lawyer Boy Magic. I oh, highly no, recommend it. Oh, no, my face. No, my, the Twitter, and they're <laughs> embarrassing, the YouTube, and only, only Facebook. If you're on Facebook, go on Facebook. You know, whatever social media yeah. platform you prefer, use no, even if No, no, even if <laughs> just they prefer... YouTube or Twitter. I don't want them visiting me there because okay. I just don't. I don't have good Twitter or YouTube game. I well, that's admit that. That's not true. A lot. Well, a lot I've of your Facebook behind Facebook. Oh, you just yeah. no. I th well. Either way, follow him on Facebook and <laughs> yeah, damn straight. Let's do that. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Of course.